Welcome to Turning Point Leadership Podcast with your host, Ron Harvey of Global Core Strategies and Consulting. Ron's delighted you joined us and excited to discuss and help you navigate your journey towards becoming an effective leader. During this podcast, Ron will share his core belief that effective leadership is one of the key drivers towards change. So together, let's grow as leaders. Here's Ron Harvey. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Ron Harvey. I'm the Vice President and the Achievement Operating Officer of Global Core Strategies and Consulting. We're based out of Columbia, South Carolina. My wife and I own a leadership development firm, and we're always excited about doing two things, making a difference for other people and adding value to others, which is what our entire business is around. And it's about creating a winning culture where people want to work in your organization. So we're super honored and proud to be able to run a business that makes a difference for people every day with every client. Of course, we're here on Turning Point Leadership, moving from success to significance, about being able to figure out how do we continue to, as life change and that turning point happens. And I always enjoy the opportunity to hear from our guests and for them to share with you like their own journey or their own stories and add value to you that will make a difference for you as you go on your own journey of leadership. I mean, there are 10,000 books out there about leadership. I've even wrote, wrote a book myself about leadership. And so there's a lot to read, but it is so important to hear from people that are in the trenches, in the positions, doing it today. So I'm excited to have our guest today, a really good friend who's introduced me to boards and introduced me to people and just been super supportive, especially when George Floyd hit and the conversation that him and I could have um, really made a difference for me as an African-American male here in our community. So he's played a pivotal role in helping me figure out the landscape and how to navigate. So I have a CEO, Colonial Life, Tim Otto. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ron. It's great to be here. It's an honor. I really appreciate you having me on. Yes. Thank you, Tim. Of course, you're here in Columbia and you do a lot of travel. And before we came live, I told Tim, I, I, don't, I always amazed at how he does it. And I think he said, it's about having a good team. It's about having really good people around you, Tim. And I think that's what we're going to talk about today as we go through the questions. I want to dive in and use the time so people that are listening to us will get a, as much as they can get from both of us. And so as you sit in your role and you're here and you, and you travel a lot, the world has changed fast. Organizations are changing fast. We got people wanting to work from home, people that want to work from the office. we got a hybrid. We're still dealing with us being divided, regardless of whether it's on race, religion, or gender, or whatever that is. And we have a lot of stuff happening in our country right now. What would, what are the three to five skills you believe future leaders need to really hone in on and be really good at with so much happening? Yeah, no, I appreciate the question, Rod. And you talk about skills, I would add, if I could, I would maybe just add one that underlies all of them, and that is just having the right set of values. Without that, it's going to be very challenging for any leader to succeed in any environment, especially in this environment where leaders are increasingly expected to take a stand on social issues as well as business issues. And having a set of values that can guide your decision making around those things is going to continue to be critically important. But from a skill set, I might give you a bonus if you don't a bonus one if you don't mind. But first of all, I would it's say it's critically important to listen. You know, there are a lot of voices today. There's a lot of opportunities to understand different perspectives. I think most forward-thinking organizations are focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And having a, a the right listening ability, the, the right skill around listening and ensuring that you're hearing all voices and that you're also aware of perhaps what's not being said so that you can encourage people who would traditionally may, maybe not have contributed to contribute. As the world changes more and more quickly every year, it's just gonna be critically important that we have diverse perspectives on the solutions that we create for customers going forward. 
The second one I would share with you is communication skills, critically important. I grew up in a world that didn't have email or text when I was growing up. And those things are helpful in a lot of ways and less helpful in some others. And I think about the ways that we have to communicate with people now, written communication, whether it's more formal, whether it's email, whether it's text message, perhaps a little more casual, but also forums for leaders to address groups of people. And you know, as you pointed out earlier, it's changed a lot with COVID because we used to be able to have everyone in a room and you could read body language and facial expressions and you could encourage. And it was a lot easier when everyone's together. And then we had Zoom and Teams and that's a different kind of communication. So being able to connect with people, to communicate your thoughts to them, to have them understand how you're thinking about things, to go back to listening, to understand how they're thinking about things. And then create a communication plan that helps the organization understand where you're trying to go, what the vision is, what the purpose is, and how you're going to get there. Critically important. The third one I would offer is technology. Nothing gets done anymore, it seems, without a technology solution. And I would encourage leaders to develop technology acumen and capabilities. It doesn't mean any that every leader needs to be someone who comes from an IT background. I certainly do not. I've been in the insurance industry for all of my career, 30, spanning 37 years, but I've seen the importance of technology really increase over the last few years. And you have to be able to speak in technological terms when you're working with people who are building solutions that are completely technology-based. Collaboration is the fourth one I would share with you. When I was earlier in my career, becoming a leader was all about, and I think you talk about this in your book, about moving from success to significance. And it was all about creating your own success and showing that you were able to get things done on your own and maybe differentiate yourself from other humans. And today it's really more about collaboration. How do you work in the team? Can you be a person who's a part of a team or do you always have to be the leader? And can you follow others when that's appropriate? So can you collaborate and come to a conclusion about something that includes perspectives that are not just your own? And then the last one, Ron, if you don't mind, one more I'll give you is curiosity. No matter how experienced we are, no matter how much skill we develop, again, the world's changing very quickly and we have to be curious. And it's critically important in this environment. We've all been focused on inclusion and you're not going to be inclusive if everyone doesn't feel comfortable speaking their mind and sharing their perspective. And if someone shares a perspective and you don't agree with it and you're not curious about it and you shut them down, you're not going to build an inclusive culture. You have to be curious about what other people are saying. Let them explain what they're saying and then incorporate what they're saying into your longer term solution. So curiosity, something I talk about at our company a lot and encourage our leaders to be sure that they're listening to people, they're communicating effectively, but they're curious about the environment that we're in as well. Yeah, yeah, Tim, I love that you 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 added the fifth one because curiosity is one of the things that allows you to learn more. And I think we as leaders, I think we should always be learning and I think Absolutely. for me, it was I was always learning my job, but it's shifted when you become a leader, you have to learn people. And the best way to learn people is be curious about people. And I tell leaders all the time, Tim, that once you get promoted to the role of leadership, you're no longer a subject matter expert of that thing that you did. You become a subject matter expert of people. And you got to be curious and want to learn that so you can take care of them. So Tim, as you sit back and you look at, you've been effective. You have a great reputation in the city. People count on you and your organization. You've been leading there for a while. And I've been in your building with you and a lot of people and I watch how you engage. And that's super important. So kudos to you for doing that. What do you think has helped you be so effective as a leader for so many years? 
I appreciate it, Ron. So I grew up in a household where I had hardworking parents and people who created a, a, an incredible atmosphere of love and respect. My parents were not wealthy people. They always had a really modest lifestyle, but they taught me from early age the importance of values, the importance of respecting others, no matter what situation was in life and to how to appreciate people. And so for me, that's, a, that's been a huge part of it. It's having the right set of values, having respect for everyone. And I appreciate your comment about when you're in our building and see the way we interact, but respecting everybody, whether they're the person who is vacuuming the floors or whether they're the person that you're sitting in a boardroom with, having the same level of respect and appreciation for every single person and the role they play. And not only having that appreciation, but expressing that appreciation, letting people know that you appreciate them. I send emails or texts to every one of our employees on their birthday and on their significant anniversaries with our company with a personal note about how much I appreciate what they've done. And that goes a long way. I would say the other thing is having a learning orientation. I was the first person in my family to attend college and graduate from college. And I went back and got a, an advanced degree as well, but I've always had an appreciation for learning. And so we invest a lot in learning and development for our teams, but we encourage people to invest in their own development as humans and taking that approach. I like to read books. I like to learn new things and having that learning orientation has really been important. And then an the third one I'd say, Rod, is just an appreciation for the impact of team building and being able to bring people together and have them work together in a way that solves a problem or creates a solution to a, a challenge that you've had or, or, or creates a new offering in your marketplace. It's so fun to watch that. And it's so fun to see them experience that success and having that team orientation to help people grow and develop in that way is something else I would, would say has been a big part of it. There's been a lot of failures along the way too, Ron. And so that learning yes. orientation is important when, when you fail and you have to learn from that. That's an important one too. Yeah, yeah, Tim. I tell leaders all the time, most people are afraid of failure, but I will say that's probably where I grew the most at, Tim, is those things that I didn't get right because people are watching me now. Now they'll say I make it look easy or I have it all together. And I tell people, yeah, it's been a lot of times that you, that the camera wasn't on, that I didn't get it right. And so I think that as leaders, it's okay to let people know that you didn't always get it right. But something you said, I want to ask, how many people directly are up in your organization where you currently are? Yeah, so for Colonial Life, we have about 1,100 employees. And then in our field organization, we distribute our products through independent agents. And there's about 12,000 independent agents wow. supporting and, and uh, representing Colonial Life. Yeah. Wow. And the reason I asked that for leaders to listen to what Tim shared, he shared earlier that he sends a personal note to people that are reporting to him that's in his organization. Most leaders don't take the time to do that one thing that can really increase retention. With the great resignation, that's one of the questions we'll talk about. That's one item that you can actually use to keep people on your team. Like handwritten notes we've gotten so far away from because of technology, Tim, that a handwritten note is almost like winning a lottery now. People like are amazed that a CEO stops and even writes or signs something now. And when you send a handwritten note, I can only imagine how it will make those 1,100 people feel or the people that you're sending these to phenomenal. Hats off to you. That's a note that every leader can walk away with is showing people you appreciate them by sending them a handwritten happy birthday. Thank you for being here with us. Phenomenal, Tim. So the other question I have for you, what do you see as some of the future challenges that leaders will face that you and I probably didn't have to face going forward? Yeah, I think the pace of change, Ron, we talk about it a lot, but the pace of change is just 
unbelievable. And every generation thinks the world is changing faster than the prior generation. And they're right. And they're right. I think technology is really going to be something that we have to wrestle with. Up until now, technology has been incredibly good for the most part. At this point, there are a lot of questions to be asked around what's the potential for things like artificial intelligence and how far do we want to let that go? And to what extent do we want machines taking over the kinds of roles that humans have often done? And that's happening now. And I think the potential for it is even greater in the future. And so I think there's a major societal question around what's the role of technology? What do we want? How do we want to best leverage technology? How do we want technology to complement the work of humans and not displace the work of humans is a big question in my mind. I I think the the U.S. and the world are going to continue to be places where populations of people are significantly more diverse than they've been in the past. I think leaders are going to continue to need to refine their skills around how you lead not only people of multiple ethnicities, but people in multiple generations. I read somewhere recently, we now have five generations in the workforce and the needs of the 22-year-old are not the same as the needs of the 62-year-old. And so having a leader who can definitely lead through all of that uh, requires a set of skills that perhaps we haven't had in the past. Rapidly changing technology environment, a very diverse workforce, people in a lot of different stages of life. And then the last one I think is governments are becoming more and more involved and business at this point. And it's important to make sure that you're coordinating and cooperating with and collaborating with governmental agencies and that you're thinking about the way that they want to be sure that you're operating as a business. I think about the emphasis on ESG, environmental, social, governmental initiatives, and how the government's playing a role in that. I was talking to our team in the UK recently, and they're far ahead of the U.S. on ESG, and they're re- requiring businesses there to provide regular reports on their progress around the impact they're having on the environment, on social issues, and on governmental issues. So I think those are the big things that people need to be thinking about going forward. Yeah, Tim, and you're spot on. Even the younger generation now are more concerned about the environment and how we're taking care of the environment than I was ever taught. We didn't think about recycling when I was younger. And I think I'm still a middle-aged guy, but we didn't think recycle as much and save the planet as much. We just let things get destroyed that probably shouldn't have been destroyed. So I think you're spot on. Like leaders are going to have to pay attention to to everything, like the people they're hiring, they're going to ask, what's your social responsibility? What are you doing for the environment or saving the planet more than just a paycheck? So you got to be well-versed on a lot of things that's important to your workforce. So Tim, what advice would you share with leaders about how to, the resonation, the great resonation, I guess that's the language that some people are using. And if you look at like where we are now, it's an employee's market almost. Those that are with you are going to stay with you, but there are a lot of people are jumping ship real quick for the next whatever it is. So the great resignation is real. What would you, what advice would you share with leaders that are having a hard time and people are leaving their workforce? Yeah, great question, Ron. I would start off by asking people to think hard about what their purpose is as an organization and making sure that everyone understands that purpose. For us in the business we're in with insurance, it's a little bit easier. We provide financial protection products for America's workers and their families. And so that's a pretty noble purpose. And because of that, we attract and retain a lot of people who want to provide that kind of uh, social benefit. But I think every business could think about what they do and how that impacts human beings. And I would encourage people really think hard about your purpose and make sure that you're communicating that purpose, make sure that people understand your purpose, because when they understand that the role that they play is having meaningful impact on the lives of other people, I think they're going to be more committed to the company. The second one is, I would say, stay close to your teams. 
in this environment, everyone's being recruited. People can work from anywhere for anyone at this point. People don't have to be in an office anymore. It's incredibly important to stay close to your teams. And the third one is make sure that you are recognizing and rewarding people. I read something once that said, it was basically an emotional bank account analogy. I'm sure you probably read it, but it basically said for every time that you want to give somebody critical feedback, think of that as a withdrawal from the emotional bank account. And you should put, you, you should make six to eight deposits before you do that. So wow. six, six, six to eight, hey, that was great. I appreciate what you did. I saw you doing a great job. And then one, hey, here's something you could do differently or better. And I tend to think that's true. And in this environment, I think it's even more important that you're constantly recognizing and rewarding people and giving them the feedback that's going to help them become better and help them understand that you are interested in their success and interested in helping them achieve their career goals. And that's the reason you're recognizing and that's the reason that you're also supporting with some developmental feedback. Yeah, Tim, I love that you're using the word feedback because I think I grew up in the era where people used to use constructive criticism. And that was okay because that was acceptable and that's how we grew up in that era. But today's generation, whether we like, like it or not, or agree with it or not, it becomes ineffective. Criticism has become a word that has a negative connotation and most people are not prepared to hear it. Um, so I love that you're using the word feedback. And I love the idea of if you're gonna give feedback for someone to get better, then you need to make some deposits. So that way you have the person still pretty solid when they walk away. So I love that you're sharing that information. When you think about the generations that we're in, and this is a question that I think is really important. When you think about the leader that's dealing with five generations and the people that are coming into there, the younger generations or people that are in different generations, if you will, they want things a lot faster. They ask more questions and they actually want feedback or coaching, if you will, more than we ask for coaching. I have someone that's on my team that's young that asked me, hey, I want to talk to you and I'm the vice president of the company. They want to talk to me every two weeks. I'm like, oh my goodness. It, it took me for a loop because I'm like, man, I don't think I ever would have told the vice president I want to talk to them every two weeks. <laughs> so it's shifted. And I had to learn how to accept that as coaching, not necessarily I'm sitting down doing an appraisal or formal evaluation with them. They just wanted to hear from sure. get leaders to embrace that differently now because the younger people do want to hear from senior executives. No, I totally agree. And I think you have to spend a lot of time with the leadership team, helping them understand those needs and expectations. But sometimes I think people... So I'm, I think I'm a little bit farther down the road than you are, Rob, but I'll say people in our generation maybe bristle at someone who has those expectations, but at the same time, you have to understand that is the expectation. It's not just of that individual, but it's of that group. And for the most part, people do expect better, faster, quicker responses and a better, faster, quicker career path in some ways. And that can be really good because that means that they understand that they need to contribute, that they need to add value. You talk about adding value a lot. And people know that if I'm going to achieve these goals in the time frame that I have, I'm going to have to add value. I'm going to have to seek out others to help me, like asking for time with you. And so we've spent a lot of time with our leadership team, helping them develop in a way that has been prepared to understand that 22-year-olds have different needs than 62-year-olds or 42-year-olds. Yes, absolutely. I have a 33-year-old son and I'm at, and at, and at 55, I'm looking like, man, he's he actually sits down and wants to have a conversation, which for a dad, that feels great where he says, hey, can I get on the calendar? I want to ask you these questions because I want to be where you are faster than you got there. And so I'm I'm excited, and but I'm like, man, I wasn't thinking like that at that age. I would just wait my turn. And they yeah. say, it's not your time yet. It's not your time yet. This generation, don't you can't say that to them and expect <laughs> to keep them on board. It's not my That's time. Right. What do you mean? So That's it's a right. total different conversation and you can't get offended by it because why should they have to wait 10 years 
or 15 years if they're already ready at seven years or five years. We're just making them wait just because that's the way we've always done it. So I love that you're saying that. Tim, my, my final question for us as we begin to come to a close here, mentoring and coaching has been important for me. And it still is important for me as a business owner. I have friends like you, executives that are out in other organizations with the chamber or throughout the community. I'm always surrounding myself with people that can continue to challenge me to get better, but also add value. And I add value to them. Important of a role has coaching or mentoring played in your career? Yeah, it's been huge. Through the years, I've had the benefit and the pleasure of having many great mentors. And we're in an organization here where it's expected that you might have a mentor and that people are encouraged to become mentors. And so I've had numerous really strong mentors through the years. As I've progressed in my career, I've had the opportunity to mentor others. And what I've learned, Ron, is that I've, I've learned a lot from every mentor I've ever had. I've also learned as much from mentees as I have from mentors. And to me, that was a really, really pleasant experience. As you speak with younger people who are looking to grow their own career and they have a different perspective, it's so refreshing to hear them talk about the things that they're trying to accomplish, to your point earlier, and the things that they bring to the table that are different than our generation brought to the table. And now in this environment of diversity, equity, inclusion, we're encouraging people to make sure that they're doing some reverse mentoring with people who have a different background so that they can understand the experience people have from different ethnicities. And that's been really helpful to some of our senior leaders who had a more traditional background. So I am a huge believer in, in having a mentor and then also serving as a mentor, because even when you're the mentor, you're going to learn a lot. Yes, Tim, absolutely. And it works both ways. And I'm always honored when someone asks me to be their mentor. And one of the questions I always ask when someone does ask me to be the mentor, I give them a really quick, Tim. I ask them, what is it that I can help them do that they can't do by themselves. Yeah, so I know great. exactly what they need from me and what they don't need from me. And I yep. ask myself, what is it that you need from me? And what is it that you don't need from me? So I can literally be very intentional about every moment that we spend, they're getting exactly what they need. And so they can go ahead and continue to run the race that they wanna run. Well, Tim, it's been really great. What information, if any, I've asked you several questions. Is there anything that you wanna share with the people that are listening to us that I didn't ask you that you think is very, that can add more value to them? No, Rod, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. And I appreciate even more the impact that you have in our community. I've seen you in a number of forums, either speaking or coaching, and you and your team do such a great job. I appreciate everything that you do, not only in your role there at your organization, but with all of the board work that you do and the impact you have on so many nonprofits in the organization. And I guess I would close with that. I think we can all be successful as business people. I think to your point, we can move into significance as business people. And part of that significance is really playing a role in the community and helping people who otherwise would not be able to help themselves or who would not be successful if you weren't participating. So thank you for all that you do in the community. Thanks again for having me on today. Yes, Tim, thank you for accepting the invitation and thank you for what you do, but also thank you for keeping, I tell people all the time for me, Tim, what's important is to do a great job where someone would say your name in a room that you're not in yet. And I will say that you've done that for me and put my name in rooms where people didn't know me. You had access to things I didn't have access to. Or I just didn't, I wasn't known at that time and I intentionally do that for other people because people do it for me. 
I literally sponsor and advocate and say people names in rooms that people don't know. And I'll tell leaders, that's important for us to be a sponsor or an advocate or an ally for someone else that just hasn't made it to that point yet. They have the potential. They can be developed to that. So thank you for being that sponsor, that ally, and that friend and colleague in the city. You've done a phenomenal job for me. And hopefully that I re I continue to return it. And everybody that you Absolutely. introduce me to, I do a great job. So for everyone yeah. that's listening to us, Turning Point Leadership, Moving from Success to Significance, we're on every first Monday and Wednesday, first Monday and third Monday of the month. So the first and third Monday of the month is when we will always broadcast and we guarantee to bring you information that will add value and make a difference in your life. Again, this is Ron Harvey, Vice President, Chief Operating Officer of Global Core Strategies and Consulting. And until next time, you have a wonderful week. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Turning Point Leadership with your host, Ron Harvey. We're so glad you joined us. Remember to join us every first and third Mondays and expect to receive real answers for real leadership challenges. Until next time, make a difference where you are and with what you have. There are those who are counting on you for effective leadership. Mm -hmm.